Welcome to the Coffee and Chat Boxes podcast. My name is Richard Spencer. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Of course, if you've been here before if you're, or if you're new, you will recognize that this is a podcast in which we talk about enjoying life and getting things done. And of course, becoming the best version of ourselves. Thank you for joining me uh, this week. Um, as I'm recording, um, this is All-Star Weekend in the NBA. I got to see some cool dunks in the slam dunk contest. And I also had the opportunity to see probably the most exciting um, three-point contest I've seen in a while. My boy Steph Curry came in there just shooting lights out. But believe it or not, and and I hate to call him a no-name because he's a millionaire and he gets to shoot the ball all the time in the NBA. I forgot the man's name, but I think he's from um, from Jersey. I forgot his name. But, hey, Joe Hardy? I don't, I don't know. Anyway, but the man won the three-point contest. Like, he beat Dirk Nowinski. He beat both Curry, Steph and Seth Curry. He beat a lot of people um, to get that shine. So, shout-out to my man. I'm gonna call him Joe. I'm pretty sure his name is Joe. Um, but it was it was awesome to see. So this week we're gonna start things off with our weekly review. This is an opportunity again to kind of reflect, think about this past week. I love looking at life um, in categories or, or 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 different sections, right? Like you can review life or think about life within a day. You could think about it in a week, a month, a a a season, a quarter, or the entire year. Um, but me personally, I love reflecting back on a week to find out the things that I did good, to find out the things that I, I could improve on, and some of the things that I learned um, throughout the week. So the first question I want to talk about is the main struggle I faced this past week. And without a doubt, it's just a struggle with my eating. Like I really believe in whole, what I call whole life living. That means being amazing at your career, that being an amazing person overall. Um, if you have kids, be an amazing father or mother. If you have a career or a job, be an, an amazing employee. Or if you own your own company, being a great entrepreneur, like we have so many roles in our life. And also, we can't forget that we have bodies. We have the responsibility to take care of our bodies. That comes in the form of sleep. That comes in the form of exercise. And of course, that comes in the form of eating properly. Now, me, I did okay with the sleeping part. I did okay with the exercise part. And I did absolutely terrible with the eating portion. And if I had to pinpoint um, an example of me not eating the best that I could, it comes in the form of something called king cake. Now, this week and last week, this is the first time I ever heard of something called king cake. And I'm going to leave a, a link in the show notes to a, to a, uh, a website that talks about king cake. But evidently, um, it's been a tradition for hundreds and hundreds of years. So the king cake that we had, it came from New Orleans. I have a coworker that I truly love. She gave us two king cakes, not just one. She gave us two. So we pretty much destroyed the cake. 
um, and I pretty much destroyed my diet at the same time. But king cake is almost like a glorified uh, cinnamon bun or cinnamon roll. It's a, it's a huge, like, circular shape cake. Um, it's pretty much a, a cinnamon roll from what I remember, but it also has icing on it, right? So it has icing on it, and on top of it has a whole bunch of cool colors. I think purple. I think I seen green one time, um, maybe yellow. Um, and with New Orleans, it comes in the form of like the main colors of Mardi Gras. Um, but from my understanding of king cake, it, it comes back to like a, how can I say, Jewish or Christian kind of origin. Um, it depends on where it originated at and what country it originated in. But anyway, a good example of it is inside the cake, right? There's a little figurine that is hidden inside the cake. And it's a big cake. And a lot of times it comes in the form of baby Jesus, right? Um, but it could be anything. It could be like a little figurine. But the cool part is, as everybody is partaking in eating in the cake, if you're the one that finds the figurine, you are responsible for buying the next king cake for, um, I think, the following Friday or something like that. But either way, you have to buy the next king cake. So it's kind of cool in a way. It's like a a community type thing. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's cake, right? It's not, it's not broccoli. It's not asparagus. It's not, um, it's not the, what, what I would consider healthy food. It is cake. And I ate a lot of the cake. And because of that, I definitely gained a few pounds. So I'm on this thing. I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to get Gain, I'm trying to keep muscle and gain muscle a little bit, but I'm really trying to get down in my weight. And I'm going to let you know that King Cake runs directly in um, in contrast of my desire of losing weight. So the main struggle I faced this week was eating properly. And the next question about that is, how am I going to overcome that? Um, to me, the main way I'm going to overcome that is to remember my goals, to remember the fact that I need to lose weight as soon as possible because I'm going to be on the beach somewhere this summer. So I got to be able to look at least a little bit de decent um, on the beach. And I also got to recognize that if I see food, I don't necessarily have to eat food. I'm in this phase of my life right now. For some reason, I'm like, okay, I see the food. It looks good. I'm not hungry, but I'm near it, right? Like, it's it's right there. So why not eat it even if I'm not hungry? So that's how I'm going to try to overcome. And hopefully, I, if I remember, I can report back to you whether or not uh, my, my desire to overcome has been achieved. Next up, what did I learn about myself. And, and to me, this is a good one. I, I really, I'm 38 years old and I, I feel like I got a good vibe of who I am as a person. But lately, I've been able to really kind of dig down into the roots of who I am and who I want to be, you know? Um, like, for an example, I, I think overall I'm a, I'm a good person. You know, I think I think I'm a good person. I don't I do my best not to treat people wrong. I think overall I'm I'm a good person. But this week I I dug a little bit deeper and, and I actually wrote it down and I said that I knew that one of my superpowers 
was learning. But I also now realize that my other superpower is making others feel good and happy. So let's talk about superpowers real quick. No, I'm not Superman. I'm not the Black Panther, even though I I wish I was sometimes. Um, but I really, truly believe that each and every one of us have has at least one superpower. And that could be anything, right? That could be your ability to draw. Like you might have this super duper ability to draw, painting, um, artistry, anything in general. And you can invoke emotions in someone just by what you produce. Like to me, that is a, a superpower. Or honestly, mechanics. Like I'm a software developer, right? But man, to me, a person that can work on vehicles that can diagnose the problems on vehicles and can fix vehicles. That's a superpower. Like I can't do that to me. You are, you, you are the next best thing to Batman. Like you are absolutely amazing to me. If you can look at a car and within a few minutes, tell the next person what is going on and how they should fix it. So not only do you have to have a superpower, you have to find a way to harness that power and to use it for the good of yourself and for the people around you. So to me, I'm, I'm grateful for the superpower of having a desire and the ability to make people feel good and happy. But I got to learn how to use it at the appropriate time um, and in the appropriate manner, because I do learn. I do know that. You can try to make somebody feel happy and feel good. But if they're going down a path in which they don't need to go, you need to find a way to let that person know the truth um, and help them out at the same time. So I'm still working on that, but I'm glad that I kind of learned that about myself. And then lastly, for the weekly review, one decision that I could have made last week to make my life better. Man, that's... uh, this is, of course, hitting home big time for me. Um, and that's spending time with my girls. I got two girls, amazing girls, two of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. Like, sh- people, listen to me. Being a parent is tough. Being a parent is time consuming. Being a parent is one of the most emotional things you could possibly do in your life. But if you like laughing, if you like smiling, if you like to be impressed by people, having your own kids is the most amazing thing ever. And it's crazy because your kids will do something that is absolutely funny to you, absolutely hilarious, absolutely amazing. And only you, the kid and a few people that are around you get to witness that moment of of amazing right like when my homie uh lebron james yep he's my homie now because he played for the lakers when my homie lebron james go up and dunk on somebody the whole world gets to see that amazing moment they everybody in the world get to be able to be excited about that moment that is shared in the world but when your kid says one of the funniest things in the world only a select few get to witness that action. 
But I also need to learn that I need to spend time with my girls more. I need to, like, I love those moments. I need to give me and my girls more opportunities um, to do that. And look, I'm just like you, right? Like, as parents or as, uh, as, as people that have jobs or people that's in school, time is limited. Time is the most precious resource in the world, right? So to say that I need to give my girls more time, that it's easy to say, but I got to find clever ways to do that. And I got to, um, one thing that I'm trying to do is integrate them in my life. Like I got this coffee and chat boxes podcast and I'm thinking about making a new podcast. Me and my wife talked about it a little bit and we're going to be thinking about calling it coffee and juice boxes. So here will be me and my sister, your old girl. We have a podcast and, that to give us a time to be productive, but also share life together. So I'm hoping to do that. I'm hoping to spend more time with my girl, my girls in my life. All right. So let's talk about some good news. And this good news section comes in the form of a 37 year old pitcher named Luke Haggerty. Now Luke Haggerty um, is a, a combat story that I absolutely loved reading about. So from my understanding about Luke Haggerty, I think it's over a decade ago, about 12 years ago, he was a first round pick, right, in baseball and got a million dollar signing bonus. So think about that. You're a pitcher, you're young, you're in your 20s, you're on top of your game, you work hard, um, he perfected his craft, he became a pitcher. Like he got drafted. His opportunities was was realized in his life. But somehow, some way, kind of out of nowhere, from my understanding, he lost his ability to pitch accurately. Like this thing that he perfected, this thing that he mastered, he no longer had the ability to perform up to the abilities that he knew that he possessed. And because of that, he kind of dropped off the scene. He dropped out of the majors. Like he went to, I think he was with the Cubs and then he went to the Marlins. But over time, if you're a pitcher and you can't pitch strikes, if you can't pitch over the plate accurately, naturally you're going to lose your position in um, in the rotation for the team. Now, in the article that I read about Luke Haggerty, he described it perfectly and, and it kind of hit me emotionally about what he went through as a pitcher that didn't, that lost his job, basically, like lost his career. Luke Haggerty said, says, I usually tell people it's like your signature. You know how to write your name. Someone gives you a piece of paper and a pen and you can write it. Maybe there's variance. It was like someone gave me a pen and it was scribbled all over the paper. It made no sense. Like, that's amazing and scary at the same time. Like, this guy worked hard, did his best possible job at becoming a pitcher, and out of nowhere, he loses that ability. And not only did he lose that ability, he lose his opportunity to share his talents and his abilities to the world. And he had to suffer through that for over a decade, like over a 10, 11, 12-year journey. Like, I think the article says that he became a trainer. He taught other people how to pitch. 
And in doing so, he wanted to verify some of the techniques that he was going to use for other people. And I, I forgot the name of the company. I think it's called Drive Lane or Drive Line or something like that. But he kind of practiced what he preached. So this other company had some kind of program to teach people how to pitch and how to perfect the craft of becoming a major league pitcher. And he followed that before he taught it to others. And somehow, some way, he gained that ability back. So after he got that ability back, he actually had the opportunity to go to a pro day, I believe. Like he had a chance to show um, scouts where he was at in his life. Where was he at after 12 years of not pitching? And the article says that uh, he had nine minutes to shine. Imagine that. Imagine you are, you are a, you're on top of your game. You lose your opportunity. And for 12 years, you suffer and you suffer and you suffer. And he only had nine minutes to show the scouts that he's back and that he's better than ever. And would you know that he did the job? So now I believe he has a chance to work in the minor leagues. He has a chance to work himself back into the major leagues. Like, this is absolutely amazing to me. And it shows me that it's never too late to make a comeback. Like, life is so, it has so many ups and downs. Like, I don't know, I don't know anybody that just went from point A to point B without the ups and downs of life. Like, life presents obstacles that we're going to talk about later. It presents obstacles. It presents chances of failure. It presents an opportunity for you to determine how strong you are as a person. And Luke Haggerty displayed to the world that he can suffer for over a decade and make a comeback. Like to me, that is good news for my soul to let me know that it might take years and years to get to where I want it to get, but it's possible. And even if I get there and I lose it, I still have the opportunity to make it back and perhaps even higher than ever before. So Luke Haggerty, man, shout out to Luke. Keep doing your thing. Keep working hard. Keep the faith. Keep trying. Um, and I, I, I haven't looked at Major League Baseball in a while, but man, you have a new fan in your hands. And I appreciate your work that you've been doing as a person, as a pitcher, as a person who cares about the abilities that God has given him. All right, folks, let's talk about a, a topic that has been on my mind for a while right now. And it's, it's, it's around opportunity. We as a people desire to have the opportunity to share our thoughts with each other, right? That's why we are on social media. That's why Facebook is so huge. That's why Twitter is, is big. And that's why Instagram is, is, a, is a place in which we all gather around and share our thoughts and our opinions and our life. The opportunity to share is huge for us. So not only do we like to share our thoughts, but we also like to share our talents and our abilities. For me, I'm, I'm a software developer. I love when I get the opportunity to develop software. I love when I get the opportunity to teach others how to create web pages and apps and, and all kind of software 
that we use. If you're in a, a musician, you love the opportunity to to play your instrument, to to play the piano for not only for yourself, but for the people that you love and for the world at large. So that's good, right? Like opportunity on a face is is a, a good thing. But I want to talk about how opportunity doesn't always appear as a positive thing. And my boy Seneca, my boy Seneca, he, might, I don't, he doesn't know me, but anyway, Seneca says that a good person dies, dies. That's D-Y-E-S. A good person dies events with his own color and turns whatever happens to his own benefit. So when I'm reading that, it has me definitely thinking about opportunities. And there, the main thing I want to talk about opportunities real quick is that opportunities doesn't always come in a form that we expect it to come. Now, let me talk about athletes, athletes in college right now. So I'm a big Florida State fan, right? They, they haven't been the best in a while, but I also like the University of Georgia um, and people and teams like that. So when you're an athlete in the NCAA, you know the exact time, you know the exact location, and you also know the exact moment in which you will be drafted into the NFL. In other words, you recognize the exact moment in which you will have the opportunity to reach the level that you have been wanting to reach for a long time. And that's awesome. Like you see the opportunity, you know that on June such and such, 2019, you will be drafted into the NFL. Awesome. Amazing. That gives you the ability to prepare um, and, and to be ready for that moment. But with us, in everyday life, we don't know the exact time that the opportunity can come in. And honestly, we don't know the exact location and we don't know the form. So the, the thing about opportunity is that a lot of times it can come at an unexpected time in an unexpected form. Now, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. What if Monday, nope, Monday is President's Day. Some of you might be off. Let's say Tuesday. Tuesday, you come into work and your boss says that you're no longer needed here. You've been fired. You've been let off, whatever words you want to choose, right? At that moment, an obstacle has been placed in your life. Naturally, you will have feelings of fear, maybe. You might have feelings of um, not knowing what to do next. You might start thinking about all of the bills that you might have to pay, that you will have to pay. You think about the mortgage. You're thinking about your kids. You're thinking about how your friends will view you as a person. All of those things will come in your head. But what if I told you at that very moment, you might have the opportunity of a lifetime that you might not recognize. Now, what, what do I mean by opportunity when you're losing your job? Maybe that is the perfect opportunity for you to start your own company. 
maybe that's the perfect opportunity for you to take a break and actually give away your time, give away your talents to the people that are, are in need of who you are as a person. Naturally, right? Like if we look at losing a job, like let's say, let, let me talk about me personally. If I lose my job right now, I, that would be devastating. Like I, that would be, that would, that would hit me hard. But that also, and I also recognize that might be an opportunity for me to dedicate more time to podcasting, dedicate more time to becoming a life coach, dedicate more time for me to perhaps become a professor. What I'm trying to get at is that more often than not, opportunities come in the form of failure and obstacles. And in the book, The Obstacle is the Way, he talks about this a little bit. He says that it's one thing to not be overwhelmed by obstacles or discouraged or upset by them. This is something that few are able to do. And we've been working on that. We've been working on not being overwhelmed by obstacles. We've been working on how to control our emotions and show courage in the face of obstacles. But he goes on to say, but after you have controlled your emotions and you can see objectively and stand steadily, the next steps becomes possible a mental flip. So you're not looking at the obstacle, but at the opportunity within it. And that takes time and that takes practice and that takes willing to not allow our emotions to take control and govern the way that we, that we behave. Let me give you another example of, of obstacles or allowing uh, or opportunities coming in a form that we're not recognizing. What if you have a girlfriend or boyfriend and you realize that after many years that it's time to move on and to break up with that person? Or even more um, tough, what if that person decides that they no longer want to be with you, right? Like if you're anything like me, if you're my age or if you lived a life that I lived before, um, you've been through this a time or two. Maybe three, four or five times, maybe seven, eight, nine times. Me, not not that too many, because anyway, anyway, that's too personal. Anyway, um, naturally, you're going to feel sad. Naturally, you're going to feel disappointed. Naturally, you're going to feel lonely. But there's opportunity in that obstacle. There's opportunity in that failure. There's an opportunity to actually connect with another person that you're more tailored to be around. It's an opportunity to work on yourself, to become more patient, to be able to communicate your feelings better, to be able to show empathy to not only others, but yourself as well. An opportunity, again, to focus on your studies. If you're in college, that's an opportunity to have more time to get in those um, 4.0s in your classes that you need. That might be an opportunity to, for you to spend more time focusing on your health, to focusing on eating healthy, to exercising, to sleeping, to becoming a more wholesome person. So what I'm saying is that life is tough. Life is going to present obstacles. But man, if, if you can recognize the opportunities and obstacles and use that for your benefit, that's when you reach the next level. That's when you become a master at life. My homeboy, Charles Borner, 
It's a guy that I used to uh, live with in in Atlanta when we went to college together. He's like my big brother of mine. He he is a person that shows you how hard times can be tough, but you're tougher than hard times. And what I mean by that is, I remember times that lights got cut off in our apartment, right? And I'm down and I'm sad, but this man is absolutely happy. And I remember he was talking to my mom on the phone and my mom said, hey, I know y'all going to do a tough time and it's going to be okay. And he said, mama, he, he, I love it because we were brothers and we are brothers. He called my mama, mama. He said, mama, you know, I know the lights off. I know the electricity off. But right now I'm smiling because I know God is going to, he has a blessing for us. He has an opportunity for us to grow as people. And no doubt I have grown. He has grown through those situations. But he had this saying that I absolutely loved. He said, take the good out of everything. I, I love that phrase. Take the good out of everything. What he's saying is a lot of times you can't control the situations that you're in, but you are in control of what you learn from that situation. You are in control of, of, of who you become after that situation. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying take the good out of every situation. Let me, let me give you a, a personal example. It took me, it took me a long time to, to get my degree. And that was because I didn't have the work ethic to become the person that I needed to be. Like I went to Jackson State University and I, and I flunk. Like I didn't go to school. Like I remember the first semester, man, it's crazy. I'm sharing the, my world with y'all. So please don't judge me or please, please judge me lightly. My first semester, I went there. I went to classes for like a month straight, and then I just didn't go no more. I didn't, I didn't go no more. So I went home that following semester, and I said, you know what, I'm going to give this another shot. It's, it's time to do this doggone thing. I went there the following fall semester. I went to school for two weeks, and I dropped out. So he, here's a man, super smart. Awesome SAT scores, and I flunked out of Jackson State University with a 1.7 GPA. Embarrassing. So now I'm at home with my mom, sleeping, staying in the bed, playing video games all the time. Decided to go back to college. Went to DeVry University. Went there. Great, great grades. 3.86 GPA. Like, for me to go from a 1.7 to a 3.86 shows maturity. It shows growth. So out of that negative situation from Jackson State, I became a more mature person, became harder working. Um, the, the natural intelligence was always there, but I realized at that moment that intelligence and talent isn't enough to excel in this world. Met this girl at DeVry University, stopped going to school, became depressed, um, she wasn't a great, the, the best person for me. Like, no question about it, she was not the best person for me. Flunked out, came back to Augusta, went to Augusta University, the school that I say I would never go to because I'm from Augusta. But anyway, became a super hard worker. I think I had a, like a 3.9 GPA once I graduated. Met my wife there. Now we're here in a nice house in a nice neighborhood. Got two wonderful girls. It took me 10 years to get my degree. But in the words of my homeboy, 
take the good out of everything. A lot of people that I know feel like I wasted 10 years of my life. To me, no. I became the man who I am today because of those 10 years. Those 10 years are worth more to me than anything I could ever ask for. And and it's amazing, right? Because I now have opportunity. I have an opportunity to share my talents through a podcast. I'm a senior software developer. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I get to do a lot of things I didn't do back in the day. But the things I do today came in the form of failure and pain. Like, if I didn't flunk out of Jackson State, I think I would be a person that thought that talent was all I needed and that hard work wasn't enough. The the pain that I went through at DeVry University, it taught me that I must be careful with who I give my heart to. I got to be careful who I give my time to. I have to have wisdom to know that everybody is not on your side. Like, I owe so much from those past 10 years. So think about it. So opportunity, opportunity doesn't always come in the form of a big red box and a golden bow on it that says opportunity. Remember that opportunity can often come in the form of in the form of failure and pain and suffering. And we got to be able to recognize those opportunities. We got to be able to to not let those opportunities go wasted. We can overcome those obstacles. We could use them for our benefit. So that's it. That's what I got for you man for this week. I'm excited about um, getting some feedback from this week. You know, I'm back on Instagram. I'm hardcore on it now. I'm trying to get the YouTube thing going. So this week, if you go through any pain, if you find any obstacles, think about it. Think about the opportunity within that obstacle. And in the words of my homie, Charles Morner, take the good out of everything.